This time, we're chatting with someone who's made and continues to make a real impact in the world of online marketing. He's one half of the duo behind Promote Labs, who have developed products such as Product Dino, Feedback Fox, and PostGopher, alongside hundreds, if not thousands, of other information products and websites and so on. Together with his business partner, Simon Hodgkinson, Jeremy Gislarsson is also a super affiliate, product creator, and even licenses various online properties. Jeremy, welcome. Hi, happy to be here. Well, my first question is, based on what I've just said, when do you rest? When do I rest? Well, yeah, I mean, actually, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say resting, but, you know, I try to take a lot of breaks. I work from home, so uh, no commute, no stressful office conditions. It's pretty relaxed atmosphere, so about every hour I'll just get up from my desk, you know, go play with the dogs or go outside and sit on the patio or talk to my wife or just run an errand. So I I don't really feel like I'm working all day. I just do things as needed, whether it's morning, afternoon, nighttime, whatever. I just kind of just do things. So, yeah. Sure. It's it's obvious that you you enjoy what you do. Um, Yes. Maybe you could tell me a little bit more about your background and how Promote Labs came about. Uh, Sure. Uh, I mean, Everything has a long story, but I'll try to give the short version. So uh, I was living in Japan uh, back in the 90s. Um, that's where I met my wife, and we had three boys over there. And we had our own English school where I taught English as a second language back in the 90s. I was a bit younger back then, had a bit more energy, and it was a lot of fun. I worked with a lot of kids. Um, but after a couple of years, I just kind of knew, hey, I don't want to be doing this when I'm in my 40s because it takes a heck of a lot of energy to be jumping around with the kids and you know singing and dancing and talking and running and playing. So I, I started kind of looking for passive income opportunities. Like, And uh, I read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad when it came out and by Robert Kiyosaki. And that kind of made me think, okay, passive income, how do I do it? Where do we start? And this is kind of when the internet was just getting going. And so we actually started looking at real estate, network marketing, uh, just other opportunities that were around. And then the internet, we found the internet, bought our first computer, started going online and checking things out. And I'm like, huh, interesting. So there's people with newsletters, there's people building websites, there's people doing things online and making some money. And I'm like, okay. And I saw Amazon pop up and I'm like, okay, so now you have something, some income coming in 24 seven, even if you're sleeping, that really clicked. So I just kind of started looking around for things to do, uh, lost a lot of money in the process, but it was a learning experience. I call it the same as going to college where you just spend some money and learn. So that's what I did on my own for a few years, ended up at, a a company called ISO Register, and there is where I kind of met a lot of connections, a lot of whom I uh, still keep in touch with today. Uh, I met like Frank Kern, uh, Mike Vilsame, John Reese, uh, just a lot of people. And back in the early days, uh, Andrew Fox, just a lot of a lot of good guys. And you know, we just kind of hit it off here and there. Some people I've lost touch with. Uh, over the years, but others I've kept in touch with. And I kind of learned how things work. And it was just really interesting to me how how things could be done. I mean, this is like web one, you know, mm-hmm. this is before social media. So, you know, 
it was just really interesting. So I learned how Web One works, put up websites, build mailing lists, and that's that was one key that's always stuck with me is make sure you build your list. No matter what you do, you need to be building your mailing list, your contact list. So I just really enjoyed it, and I thought, okay, I can do this at home. Um, it's low overhead and high ROI. I was like, cool. So I just started doing it. I got into digital marketing. Um, I mean, I remember when like Ryan Dice was just getting started. Russell Brunson was just getting started. We used to talk and stuff, and it was just really fun. And we we started uh, making products and just seeing what worked, what the market wanted. Uh, I started uh, my first website on my own was SurefireWealth.com, and the problem that I saw was there were a lot of resale rights, private label rights, ebooks, software on the market, and people were selling stuff, and it was just a hodgepodge of, of ways to deliver stuff. It was like sign up, maybe you got the thank you page, maybe didn't, maybe you'd get the email, maybe didn't. I just, it was just a mess, and if you did uh, get access, it was just like a thousand links on a page. It was just a mess. So. Uh, I saw a problem. I tried to solve it with Surefire Wealth, where I made a membership site. Kind of was inspired by Amazon. So I was kind of like, okay, if I kind of do what they're doing, but with resale rights and private label rights, maybe it'll be easy for people to find stuff, figure stuff out. I added like reviews. Um, people could comment on stuff. Uh, everything was nicely laid out. So at the time, back in like 2004, 2005, um, it was pretty cool. I mean, now it's it's <laughs> kind of redundant, but back then it was pretty cool. And some of the people that I had gotten to know over the years, um, asked them, hey, would you be interested in promoting this? And they're like, yeah, sure. So people like Joel Calm and Mike feel same and a lot of other people would go promote it. And that really was a light bulb moment. I was like, holy cow, these guys just sent thousands of people to my website I'm now paying these people thousands of dollars in commissions. I'm like, maybe I could do that. <laughs> maybe I could also be an affiliate marketer on the side too. So that that was kind of another light bulb moment. So I went from learning Web One, solving some problems, making connections, um, and then building passive income, but then seeing how affiliate marketing worked at the same time. So everything just kind of rolled into each other. Um, so then during that process, I met Simon, uh, who's currently my business partner, Simon Hodgkinson. And we started off by being each other's customers, which is kind of funny. I would buy like everything he put out because he put out some, he's a really good uh, graphics designer mm-hmm. and a writer. So I would just buy everything he had and I would, I would buy like the extended licenses and put them in Surefire Wealth. And then he would like buy stuff from me, I'd buy stuff from him. And we just got to talk and we're like, why don't we do something together? Well, yeah, sure. So we put something together. I think it was like six to eight weeks. And it was called the Marketing Main Event. And this is back in like 2006 or something. And uh, we got some of our friends to promote it. Did pretty well. Uh, it did like a couple hundred thousand or something in, in a week. And to us, that was another light bulb moment. Um, I'm still running the English school. And I'm just going, hmm, maybe maybe there's something here. So, <laughs> yes. so, so uh, I was like, okay, I think maybe 
I could start to transition to online, 100%, you know. So over the next couple of years, me and Simon partnered up, released version two, version three, which became uh, member speed software. That was kind of the predecessor to product dyno. And it was basically a software SaaS that let people build membership sites back in the mid 2000s uh, when it was a pretty new concept and it was very hard to do and it did pretty well and the the real eye opening was when we did 1.7 million in a week wow. and wow. I didn't even my wife had no clue what, what I was even doing <laughs> and she just saw me like writing stuff on whiteboards and doing stuff during my breaks and at night and she's like you know, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, just, you know, working on some stuff. And, <laughs> and, uh, it, so me and Simon were, were quite shocked, but happy. But then we were like, okay, it's time to get serious. So that's when we formed a company together. Um, at the time, it was called Member Speed Inc., which we later changed a few years later to Promote Labs Inc. So same company, but that's kind of how it got started. And since then, we've just been going, we've been creating, more software as a service solutions. Some are bigger like product Dino, which helps people um, deliver their products securely online. Uh, it helps course creators with certifications for their students, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. And then uh, we have little simple apps such as uh, Feedback Fox or PostGopher, uh, which are very simple. They do one thing, uh, but they help people to either build their list, uh, sell content, take surveys, uh, build a landing page. Um, we have another one called FlipGuardian, which is aimed at uh, publishers and authors, which helps them to sell a book. Say if Stephen King has a new book, he wants to show it to his audience, give a preview. He could use something like FlipGuardian very easily. People could flip through it and they could buy it right there. Um, so we're just, we just keep building stuff and seeing what works and a lot of stuff. I mean, for every one product we have out, there's probably 10 that we've scrapped really or sold off. <laughs> and there's probably 50 that me and Simon are like, no, during brainstorming sessions would be just be like, no, not, not doing this one. <laughs> so yeah, over the years, uh, just a lot of things. And then as well as courses, uh, cause we made a lot of courses based on, uh, things that we've done or things that we we see. And now we have a team of, of researchers who do the research for us. We tell them what we want research. They'll go research the topic, write about it. We'll add our touch. That'll be a new course. So we have a whole line of coaching programs as well now. So yeah, that, that's kind of the journey. Um, went full time back in uh, the mid to late 2000s. And we phased the English school out. Uh, Simon's a brilliant copywriter, so uh, he, he kind of did the same thing. He transitioned full-time online as well, uh, about the same time I was. So, yeah, it's just been fun ever since. I was going to say, I mean, it, it's a fascinating story in so much that you've both kind of come to this, and by coming together, you've created a, probably a much bigger company maybe than you both envisaged when you first set out. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, we had no intention of actually forming a company or doing anything like that when we started we're like we didn't sit down and go hey let's form a company and make a billion dollars we're just like okay maybe we could create something together have fun doing it and help a lot of people on the way and that's kind of what we did and it was fun that's the main thing um me and simon really get along um and 
he's very creative. He has a lot of ideas. And then I'm kind of more on the execution side. So we fit, we work well together. That's good. And what, what was he doing prior to, to working on Promote Labs? Well, believe it or not, uh, he was selling gearboxes um, back in the 90s. Uh, he was like a sales rep for a gearbox company um, all around the UK, one of the top uh, gearbox companies. They would sell to like, uh, I don't know, fire trucks and like big rigs and stuff like that. So, yeah, so he had to he had to do a lot of sales work back then. And then he started building websites, I think, back in the early 2000s for people. And uh, yeah, so he was kind of doing the same thing I was doing, trying to figure stuff out. Sure. And one of the things I've not touched on yet is the fact that you guys are in different locations. You're based in the USA, is that right? And he's based in the UK. That's right. And the funny thing is, I was, as I mentioned, I was in Japan, moved uh, moved to the US with my family, uh, late 2000s. But me and Simon worked together for about two or three years without ever actually meeting in person. And we made like two, three million together without actually ever meeting. That's and this crazy. is before. That's crazy. Yeah this, yeah, this is before the work at home stuff and the Zoom stuff and, you know, all the post COVID stuff where everybody's at home. Nobody was doing that. And we just trusted each other. We'd just hop on Skype and talk. And, and, uh, I mean, we didn't even have, uh, video calls back then. It was just, you know, audio. We just trusted each other and, just kind of went with our intuitions and it worked out. I was going to ask, is it difficult being in different places? But from what you're saying, not really. You know, I think and me and Simon have talked about this. We're like, you know, if we were together in the same office, we probably wouldn't get as much work done <laughs> because we'd just be busy goofing off or going out for beers after work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we actually get, we find we're a lot more productive um, just working on our own but then holding each other accountable each week when we have our meetings. We we try to have a meeting once a week, uh, every Monday. And uh, he talks about what he's working on. I talk about what I'm working on. We talk about our goals, what we need to uh, accomplish and, and different things. So, yeah, it works out. And where do the ideas come from, Jeremy? Because as you say, you know, you, you do so much. You've got courses, you've got software as a service, uh, you know, you've got the main company to run as well. Where do your ideas come from, and, and is it difficult to manage so many things? And another question, <laughs> I'm just firing uh-huh. them at you now. Um, how many people work in the Promote Labs ecosystem? Sure. Well, believe it or not, we have a really small team. We have, um, there's basically, we had three full-time support staff. Uh, now it's two, and they handle things just fine. Uh, we have uh, two writing teams. And then we have uh, a developer team uh, with our business partner, Fraz, on Product Dino. And then we have uh, another coder that we partnered with, Simon Phillips in the UK, who codes a lot of our uh, other software, such as FlipGuardian and, and Page Dino and Commission Gorilla. Um, so uh, we have a project manager in the US. We have uh, an accountant in the US. Um, so everybody's remote, they're all spread out, and we, we just use Slack. So it's like less than a dozen people. Um, but then some of those people have teams of their own. For example, our coding teams, they manage like their own teams, and then we just talk with, with the head of the company. So we, we do some of that as well. But uh, we like to keep things small, and I've always liked that uh, 
I think it was Jeff Bezos said, uh, I think it was the pizza team or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but it's like, don't have more than, uh, don't have too many people on a project. If they can't eat, or how did that go? It's something like if you have two large pizzas and there's too many people on a team that they go hungry, then it's too big of a team, something like that. It's like just enough people to eat two large pizzas is perfect for a team size. So that, that's kind of how we look at it. We keep things small. Otherwise, it gets hard to manage. And we've we've been using Slack for I don't know how many years now, four, five, six years or something, whenever it came out. And it's like our virtual office. So every day we go in there and we talk and everybody updates things. And it's it just works really well. Um, we have not used email internally for about five years. So all we do is use Slack, uh, and then sometimes we use Skype, um, and that's about it, uh, for our team. And sorry, what was your first question? Um, just about the, 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 the process that you go through. Um... Oh yeah. The creative creativity. Well, I think a lot of that, uh, to Simon, Simon is super creative, um, his mind is always wandering and he's always just pulling stuff out of the air. He's like, like we'll get on a meeting and I just talked to him the week before and he'd be like, Hey, let me run this idea by you and tell me if it's really dumb or if it's awesome. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and like every week he's got ideas and you know, some, a lot of them just don't make it past the idea phase, but, but the ones that do, uh, sometimes they eventually turn into product and, you know, we just try stuff. We don't try to overanalyze too much and then analyst perilous where you just don't ever release something. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of go with our gut. We will go through a lot of ideas and then we'll see where the market's at. And I try to look where we're headed. A lot of people look at the past, but I try to always look at the future. Like, okay, this worked five years ago, but is it going to work next year? So where are things headed? And then we we try to create things around that, or if we see a, a hole or a need that needs to be filled or something like that. So we're, we're always trying to solve problems. And in the beginning, we were trying to solve our own problems. So um, that was a big one. For example, when we created member speed, um, we just wanted that for ourselves. So we wanted uh, a membership software that we could use to build our own membership sites because we had dozens of them back then. Mm -hmm. So rather than license something that would cost 10, 20,000 a year, we built our own. Um, same with page builders, same with other things. Uh, we built a countdown timer software about six years ago before uh, page builders had integrated those into their platforms um, because we wanted one and nobody had one. And so we just made one. So a lot of times we'll just, we'll have a problem ourselves and then we'll see, Hey, could we make this or do we need to buy this? And if it's something like Slack, of course we need, we need to buy it. But if it's something a little simpler that could be done, we'll make it. Um, that's just kind of how we roll. It's a good philosophy to have, I think, as well. Oh, one one other question I do have is: you said that sometimes Simon comes up with dumb ideas or good ideas. What is his dumb to good ratio? Would you say? <laughs> well, I guess I shouldn't say dumb because no idea is dumb. I guess I guess that was the wrong word to use. Uh, um, 
I should have said uh, maybe crazy <laughs> <laughs> instead. Crazy ideas. Um, mm, well, I mean, there have been a few ideas that have come out where it sounded great, but then after we worked out, we would need like a hundred million dollars to make it happen. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we'll pass on that one. Just, just I don't know, there have been so many. Um, I've lost track. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you've obviously seen some great success, you know, during your time working together. Has there ever been, a, a, you know, an issue that's that's come up where, you know, you, you've you've put a whole lot of time, effort, energy, and perhaps even money into an idea only to go, Do you know, this is never going to work, and you've had to, you know, walk away from that idea? All the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we... we uh... I think it was just last year we spent probably six months on a, a, a new software project. And by the time we, it was like half done, we're like, this is just never going to work. So we just scrapped it. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. Um, uh, the thing is, to try, we try to find a who, once we have the idea and the vision and the framework, we always try to find the who to get it done because there's no way we could be doing it all ourselves. So I think that's pretty important is to always don't think, how do I do this? Think, who can I get to do this? So if it, if we need a writer, if we need somebody to make videos, if we need somebody to make a sales page, a graphic, a software, uh, whatever it is, um, we try to find a who and get that person to to do that. So, so on our team, we... We have people who have specific tasks, like one person manages the blog, uh, the writing. Another one manages the blog security. Another, you know, other people take care of the help desk. And then when we have ideas, we're like, okay, here's our idea. We need you to do X, Y, Z. We need you to do A, B, C. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of get everybody involved doing something to help the project come together. So that's that's kind of what we we try to do. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And how do you keep each other motivated? Because I guess that there, there must be an element of that, that, you know, everybody at times feels deflated or, you know, especially if you work on a project, then you have to scrap six months down the line. So how, how do you keep yourselves motivated? Um, well, for one, we try not to get overly attached to our projects um, because if you do, then you're never going to let go. You'll never be able to exit the project. Um, and exiting means either to sell it or to close it, hopefully to sell it and keep it growing. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, another thing is, you know, through our weekly meetings, we, you know, we, we just talk about stuff and keep each other motivated. Um, but I don't know. I've just kind of always been motivated my whole <laughs> life. Like I, I listen to a lot of like Tony Robbins type of stuff, um, uh, every day, I probably spend one to two hours a day learning stuff in either our industry or other industries, and that's usually via podcasts that I listen to, newsletters I subscribe to, industry news sites that I read, um, things like that. So that kind of gets me excited and keeps me going because there's always something new i'm like oh wow this is cool and i'll talk to simon about the next week hey did you see this you know and hey maybe we could do something like that and hey maybe we could fit this in somewhere and oh wow this is you know so always kind of like that um but then also you know we have families to take care of as well and that's probably been the biggest motivator 
for both of us. Um, Simon has a son and I have three and I was like, okay, I want to make sure they have a good life. Um, so that kind of inspired me every day to, to get up and get to work. Sure. Sure. Make my wife happy and all that stuff. So <laughs> I was going to say, have your family been supportive along your journey? Oh yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm so grateful to my wife, um, for fully supporting me. Um, especially in the early years when I was losing money rather than making money, <laughs> she just, <laughs> she just kept encouraging me and she's like, okay, well now, you know, what didn't work. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's been great. Yeah. Have you any idea how many companies, entrepreneurs, businesses that you've, that, you know, your products have touched over the years? Any, oh. any clue? Oh, wow. Uh, it's a big question, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just oh, as far as customer lists, I mean, I think we figured out a year or two ago that we had sold over 130,000 products of our own, like just the number wow. um, over the last 15 years or 20 years. Um, so I guess all of those people who bought something, some bought multiple products, but I don't know, let's say 100,000 customers, and then... If they're using our software, their customers would see. So, for example, if if one of our product Dino customers now has fifty thousand members in his membership site, mm -hmm. they're seeing our product and they're using it every day. Um, if somebody buys a license to one of our courses and and sells it to ten thousand people, so that that's really hard to track. So, I don't know. I I would I. I would like to say I hope we've touched a million people over the last 20 years. Um, maybe that's being optimistic. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, everybody that we can help uh, inspire or, or get ideas, uh, you know, I'm grateful for. Sure. I mean, there's a, there's an old phrase, isn't there, that small hinges swing big doors. Is there any tips mm. from your journey, Jeremy, that you'd like to share with people, you know, to help them improve their business or, or again, to motivate them to get started? Mm, right. Well, yeah, everybody's motivated by different things. I think you don't want to be just motivated by money alone because you'll get burned out. Um, you need to have some kind of desire or something inside. Like For me, it was always family, but also freedom. So freedom was a big motivator for me. I did not want to be commuting. I did not want to be... Have going to an office, having somebody tell me, you know, when I can take a bathroom break, when I can eat lunch, and, you know, I might as well go to prison. So <laughs> that so that was a big motivator for me, um, is is freedom, and then have providing a good life for my family, um, and basically not selling myself by the hour, um, so to say, because there's there's only so many hours in a day. So anybody who's trading time for money um, is going to have a threshold that they're going to hit. And even if it's a million dollars, it's still a threshold. So if you can leverage your time, if you can figure out how to leverage your knowledge or leverage what you do or what you know as a creator, um, then, then that's the key there. So... You need a motivation, whatever motivates you, and then try to figure out how to leverage your time. 
Um, you know, too many people are thinking, well, I don't have time. You know, I hear it a lot. You know, yeah, I'd like to start a business, but I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about making this course. I just don't have time. And it's, it's a constant excuse. You got to make the time. You got to find it. Um, I mean, I was running two businesses at the same time. Plus, you know, taking my kids out and stuff, dropping them off at school every day and playing with them in the parks. So you got to figure out how to leverage. And the best way to do that is to start building a team. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that people say, well, I can't afford a team. Well, partner with somebody or, you know, if you don't have enough money to pay them, maybe put them on profit share. Um, I remember when I was starting a guy I knew, he had like 10 or 12 people on his team. Nobody got a salary. They just all split the profits of whatever happened. So that's one idea. Um, So anything you can do to be motivated, use leverage, and then don't think how, think who. Who do I get to do this for me? And then what do I do? So look at what you're good at what you can do well, you should be doing that task. And then whatever you can do to grow the company, you should be doing. But anything else that either you don't enjoy or you're not good at, uh, outsource it or hire somebody or partner with somebody. Great advice. And also, I love the advice of, you know, play to your strengths. Don't try and do things that you don't enjoy because that way it's, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a dead end in many mm-hmm. ways it because you'll just talk yourself out of doing it because you're not enjoying it yeah so, exactly yeah yeah well jeremy thank you so much for being so generous with your with your time and your knowledge and and telling us more about about the background of promote labs and and the products that you have for anybody that's interested in finding out more about you and simon and the work that you do together where do we need to head to sure well i'd say the best place would be promotelabs.com and one thing that I didn't mention, so I mentioned a lot about how I got started in Web 1, and then we evolved during the Web 2 uh, revolution. And now, as some people might have heard, we're hitting Web 3. Mm-hmm. And this is something me and Simon are very excited about, is Web 3. And we first heard about a lot of these things several years ago. Uh, we were kind of early to Bitcoin back in 2014, 15. Um, some things didn't work out, that, but we tried. Um, but now with the metaverse and NFTs and a lot of things, it's very exciting. So we're also working on some new NFT projects that we're launching this summer. And the best way to hear about those would be to make sure you're either on our mailing list or uh, a customer with our blockchain bundle would probably be the best way to go. So if you just head over to promotelabs.com, you can find information there about all of our courses, all of our products. You can join our mailing list. That's probably the best way to stay up to date about what we're doing on things. Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at uh, Jeremy A. Gislison, Twitter. I don't use Twitter that much, but, but once in a while I'll post something. I would say the best way would be to get on our mailing list uh, to, be, to get our updates fantastic well again jeremy thank you so much for your for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, we're sending our best to you and to simon for the future as well yeah thank you very much
Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. It means a lot that you made it to the very end. It shows you have what it takes to finish whatever you start, and that's a sure sign of success. But if you've enjoyed the interview, then don't forget to check out the show notes at www.internetmarketingpodcast.net, where you can also subscribe. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.